Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of Eclectic Full Contact Theater's satirical saunter down the silly streets of yesteryear, throwing shade. If you enjoy the adventures of the Shade and the Vamp, head over to tinyearl.com slash E-F-C-T throwing shade, where for as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive bloopers, rehearsals, and special bonus episodes. And now, sit back and relax, and enjoy Throwing Shade! There is a darkness in the minds of men. A darkness in their hearts. A darkness in a room with no lights. And who knows that darkness? The Shade knows. By day, Theodore Rockwell is a go get em reporter for the Chicago Gazette Times Herald. But by night, he becomes... The Shade. He, assisted by his girl Friday, Wednesday morning, who is the mysterious female vigilante, the Vamp. Anybody else wonder what was going through the heads of Mr. and Mrs. Morning when they named their daughter? Considering her father, you think it was a this is gonna make your life awful so it'll build character type of thing? Her mother named her that? Why? Naming her after the day she was born in order to remember her birthday better? That's not how birthdays work. You know what? I shouldn't ask questions I don't want the answers to. Where was I? You know what, just go to the siren. Find out in the thrilling conclusion to Throwing Shade, the Blunder Down Under. And as proof that longevity does not equal progress, we have yet another new sponsor. Apparently, Benny's Bowling Bazaar was subject to an investigation from the censors who objected to, well, every mention of their product. So, while Benny tries to find another way to describe bowling, spheroids, we here at Throwing Shade are proud to welcome the fine folks at Paraclesius Educational Playthings, makers of the Stubbins Firth Home Chemistry Set. Oh yeah, I can't see any issues with that. Also brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater, bringing you high-quality 1930s radio-style satire since roughly four seasons ago. Previously on Throwing Shade. And now, on to our story. Act 3, Scene 1, Hanging with Cliff. At least one question gets answered. When we last left our heroes, the vamp was hurtling earthward, having been flung high into the air by an overinflated fedora. Despite the shade's keen problem-solving, Aim for the manhole! Things looked firmly fatal for the fastly falling femme. All appeared lost until... Vamp, that was amazing! 
using the strap of the vamp pocket to catch on to that flagpole jutting from the side of the building was genius! Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Not that I was given a chance to. Shade! Shade! Well, I appreciate the s support! There's a mu much better way to help! Help! Oh, how? Get me down! Utilizing the shade, dur, an expandable ladder designed by one Wendell Hauptman, the shade helped the vamp back to the safety of terra firma. And in a situation like this, the firma, the terra, the better. Am I right? Ah, uh, uh, get it? <sighs> Everybody's a critic. Vamp, are you all right? I think so. But maybe this time we use the ladder, huh? Descending at a significantly more sedate pace, our intrepid heroes reached the depths of the sewer. Wow. You weren't kidding about those peppers. This whole place is glowing. Exactly. And it's because of this eerie otherworldly glow that the poor koala mutated into a giant bloodthirsty beast with a hunger for humans. Seriously? You think it's violent? All it's done is make noise. And aren't they herbivores? Come on, Vamp. Everybody knows radiation makes animals violent and carnivorous regardless of nature. But not to worry. I have shade giant radioactive monster repellent. Mmm. Smells lemony. But I'm still not convinced these noises are being made by a giant animal. Come on. Let's see what's down here. Smells awful down here. How are you not affected by the stench? Well... No, don't tell me. Let me guess. You are using shade plugs, which are just two cotton balls painted black and shoved into your nostrils. No, but that's an amazing idea. Thanks, Vamp. Why do I feel like I just contributed to the delinquency of a vigilante? Okay, I'll bite. If it isn't nose plugs, what's keeping you from being bowled over by the stench? Symbol, I've fallen down here so often, I'm used to it. But here, this should help. Mmm, lemons. So the shade and the vamp slowly made their way through the glowing, stinky underbelly of Chicago. Meanwhile, above ground, and in far more salubrious surroundings, Henry Batcamer was receiving some distressing news. Enter. Message for you, sir. Thank you, Cheeves. You may go. Very good, sir. Oh, sir. Yes? Your son has been looking for you. Uh, says it's most urgent. Cheeves. What have I said about delivering me distressing news? And there it is. I do apologize, sir. It's merely that I believe he is a bit worse off due to drink, sir. He's been distracting the staff from their duties with behavior that is far too familiar for their station. I'm told that at one point he put his arm around the footman's shoulder and expressed a deep and undying affection for the man. Oh, very well. Send the blighter in. 
Very good, sir. Father, it's always a pleasure to see you. The pleasure is all yours, I can assure you. Now do be a good lad and sit quietly for a moment. I have just received a message. Of course, pay to mine. I shall simply help myself to some refreshment. Great Scott. Who's Scott? Oh, do be quiet. This news is most distressing. Well, look at that. Two for one. What is it, Father? None of your concern. Please, Father, I want to help. I feel simply awful about my part in bankrupting the family, and I want to make it right. Do you really mean that, Sheridan? Oh, yes, Father. I recognize that I am at the age where I must start to take on responsibility. And you're frightened of your mother. Terrified, do let me help, Father. Very well. I have a plan in motion to make the citizens of this city believe there is a monster roaming the sewers. Once their fear is ingrained and they demand someone to help, I shall offer to sell the city, at an exorbitant price, a method of ridding the sewers of this fictitious beast. A method... I might add, that will have to be replenished and updated on a regular basis to ensure the beast does not return. <laughs> That's brilliant, Father. I have only one question. Only one? How refreshing. What is it? Where did you find a beast to go along with such a plan? Sheridan, I can honestly say you're Dimness is beyond any I have encountered to this point. Thank you, Father. There is no actual monster, Sheridan. Just two hired patsies wandering around the sewers making noise. Ah! Much easier to control, then. Quite. And up to now, everything had been going according to plan. What's happened? I've just received word that instead of cowering in the grip of fear, the city has instead enlisted the aid of the Shade and the Vamp. I've heard of them. The Shade is that vigilante fellow who dresses in all black, and from the photos I've seen in the paper, the Vamp has quite the air of Joan Fontaine about her, and such a nice outfit. Yes. I'm led to understand it has pockets. How daring! But why are they a problem? They have a nasty habit of foiling criminal enterprises, you nit. And if they discover my plans and put a stop to them, that means no money. Which means... Mother. Exactly. What can I do, Father? I'll do anything to make up for my past mistakes and avoid the wrath of Mother. Anything? Anything. I think we all know where this is going. Sheridan, I want you to...
to get rid of the shade and the vamp. Get rid of the shade and the vamp? Yes. Get rid of the shade and the vamp. You'd think after ten years of organ lessons, your sister Honoria would be more accomplished. Father, how am I supposed to dispose of two trained vigilantes? Try treating them like a company you invest in. Those seem to disappear rather quickly. While Sheridan bristled at his father's mockery, he also realized he didn't have much choice. I suppose I don't have much of choice. I pretty much walked into that one. All right, father. You can count on me. This is the end for the shade and the vamp. For pity's sake, Honoria. Learn another tune. Act 3, Scene 2. It flows downhill. Confused? So are we. Meanwhile, in the depths of Chicago's sewer system, Mick and Penny were bemoaning their fate. Mick, how much longer do we gotta stay down here? When you told me this job would show me a side of the city I had never seen before, this was not what I had in mind. And I don't think I'm ever going to be able to eat a hot dog for as long as I live. Quit your griping, will you, Penny? It ain't going to be much longer. By now all them gullible marks up top got to be scared out of their gourds. You know, I ain't never seen anybody in a gourd, so how are they going to get scared out of them? I mean, how would you even fit in a gourd? And what about people that ain't got a god to begin with? Pipe down, will ya? It's just a figure of speech. Yeah, but how did it become one? What's the etymology? How should I know? And what's bugs got to do with it? Mick, it's a good thing you're cute. Thanks. But even if the people up there are godless, how are we gonna know when the job's over? The job's over when the boss drops his invention into the sewer. What's his invention? He said we'd know it when we see it. Come on, let's crank up the terror. You hear that? Hear what? That! Somebody's coming! Who would come down here when there's a monster in the sewers? There's a monster in the sewers? Shh! There's a monster in the sewers? It's us, you knucklehead. Oh, right. I think the pepper fumes are getting to me. Come on, let's get out of sight. Just as Penny and Mick disappeared around a bend in the tunnel, the Shade and the Vap arrived on the scene. Shade? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? That the sight of all this radioactive material reminds you of all the fun a child can have with the Stubbinsforth home chemistry set from Periclesius Educational Playthings? I don't know, Shade. Aren't all home chemistry sets the same? Not at all, Vamp. 
The Stubbins' first home chemistry set from Periclesius Educational Playthings has everything your budding young scientist could possibly need. Not only test tubes, Bunsen burners, and the like, but also their very own home-sized chunk of uranium! Wow! That's amazing! And that's not all. Unlike other home chemistry sets where your experiments only do things like change a liquid's color, the Stubbins' first home chemistry set comes with industrial ingredients like glycerol, nitric and sulfuric acid, and even saltpeter and charcoal. That sounds like hours of fun. Oh, it's a blast. Well, as much as I do love a good home chemistry experiment devoid of all safety precautions and prior education... What I was thinking was that it seems a little strange that we've been down here this long and haven't seen a single sign of a giant bloodthirsty koala. You're right, Vamp. I would have expected to at least find a couple of bullet casings. Exactly. It's just a little... Wait. What? Bullet casings? Why? I'm not going to like the answer to this question, am I? Well, from everything I've read about koalas, they're an animal that eats, shoots, and leaves. Yep. I was right. I'm ignoring you. I don't blame you. But I do see what you mean. If there were a giant koala down here, we should have had some sign. Well, that was convenient. Who knew koalas had such a sense of timing? What's it saying? I believe it's saying koala, 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 which, from everything I've read about koalas, is their natural call. You're telling me the sound a koala makes is koala, koala, koala. I believe that's where they got the name, at least from everything I've read. Shade, how much have you actually read about koalas? Not a thing. Match. But I have seen pictures, and they certainly look like they'd make that sound. Well, despite your expert photographic extrapolation, I'd like to see some actual evidence that we're dealing with an oversized marsupial. Again, as if on cue, the voice sounded. And against the wall of the tunnel, in the unnatural glow of sport pepper refuse, loomed the giant koala-shaped silhouette. Look, a giant koala-shaped silhouette. <sighs> well, I'll be dipped. I think we're about to come face to face with that evidence you wanted, Vamp. Where's the shade giant radioactive monster repellent? It's empty. I must have used it up on our way here. Curse that lemony scent. The shade plugs seem like a much better idea now. Just as our heroes braced themselves for the onslaught of a giant enraged Australian transplant, another sound cut through the fetid air of the Chicago cesspits. Ooh, that's good. Kudos to the writers for that one. Stand and deliver, peasants! On guard! Huh? What? Mama? The Shade and the Vamp turned to see a skinny figure dressed in what can only be described as Victorian highwayman garb, topped rather incongruously with a Great War-era gas mask. Now that's what I should have gone with, a Shade anti-stink mask. It's so obvious. Shade, focus. Who are you? It's me, the Shade. Those pepper fumes must be more toxic than I thought. I'm not talking to you, Shade. I'm talking to the gas-masked Pimpernel over there. I'm here to stop your meddling. No one must stand in the way of my sewer monster. 
Sorry, friend, but we're here to send your sewer monster and your dastardly scheme down the drain. That's it? That's all you got? Oh, no. All right, Mr. Smarty Gas Mask, you asked for it. Prepare to be bowled over. Ouch! Shade. One of us is tough enough to be, but we're double, you see. No, Shade, that's too much. No! Before the Shade could let fly another bathroom-based pun, the stranger pulled a sword. He pulled a sword. That's a sword. Vamp, he has a sword. Yes, Shade, I can see that. I'll put an end to you both. Ah! Ah! We'll return to throwing shade, blunder down under, in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Friends, is your child exhibiting disturbing signs of being interested in creative pursuits? Do they write? play music, or even worse, act? Are you concerned that they'll never enter a career that provides respect, status, and most importantly, income? Then turn to Paraclesius Educational Playthings, makers of the Stubbins Firth Home Chemistry Set. You and your child will glow with pride at what they're able to accomplish with Stubbins Firth Industrial Grade Uranium. And, if you order now, you'll also get a special Paraclesius Medical Pack. So your little scientist can concoct their own curatives from such ingredients as wormwood, foxglove, and poppies. So remember, before you think of any other home chemistry sets, Think of Stubbins Firth. And now, a few words from other important personages. Friends, Eclectic Full Contact Theater is forging ahead with their 11th season, bringing you a year of nothing but new works. From readings to festivals celebrating the best new works from around the country and the world, both on stage and over the airwaves, EFCT is bringing fresh, new work to audiences everywhere. So, go to eclectic-theater.com to find out about all their brand spanking new 11th season. And tell them The Shade sent you. And now, back to our story. Act 4, Scene 1. Pipe down. Things come to a head. The Shade and the Vamp watched as the figure charged forward, sword held high, emitting a blood-curdling battle cry. I guess you had to be there. The Shade acted quickly. Never fear, Vamp. I'll use my Shaderang to knock the sword out of his hand. <laughs> Missed it by that much. That much being equivalent to a country mile. Perhaps Fedora is not the ideal shape for a throwing weapon. Everybody's a critic. A moment later, their assailant was upon them, swinging his sword with ferocity. But fortunately, not much skill. Ouch! The sword fell from his grip. 
He tried to retrieve it. Ew. Thought better of it and resorted to hand-to-hand -hand combat. The vamp waded in, literally utilizing her unique fighting style, which was a blend of karate, badminton, and door-to-door -door sales. Unfortunately, the shade also waded into the fight and ended up doing nothing more than tripping the vamp. Sorry, Vamp, I was just trying to... Shade's apology was cut off by the gas-masked figure advancing upon him. You're next. Come on, then. Feel the wrath of... Shade Foo. Okay, this gag has officially gone too far. Thankfully, before the Shade could completely offend an entire culture, a strange sound filled the tunnel. <laughs> No, not that strange sound. A different strange sound. Yep, that's the one. The mysterious assailant turned around just in time to get a fedora-shaped shaderang full in the gut. <clears throat> As he was driven back by the force, he stepped on... Well, the less said about what he stepped on, the better. Whatever it was, it caused him to slide backward at an ever-increasing speed. Ah! Right past the shade, and perhaps unbelievably around the bend in the tunnel, ah! resulting in a collision with two highly surprised conspirators. Sorry, Vamp, I didn't realize. I know, Shade. That's part of the problem. Come on, let's find out who those voices belong to so we can get out of here. They made their way to the scene of the collision to find a tangled mass of bodies and two familiar faces. Mick, Penny, you're the ones behind the sewer monster noises? Noises? What noises? We didn't hear no noises, did we, Penny? We sure did it, Mick. See? I couldn't hear nothing on account of those koala sounds McKeon was making. They were so loud. Right, so we'll just be... Penny! What did I say? What did I say? I knew it was a cover for something criminal. Okay, you two. What are you up to? And who is this blade-wielding miscreant? We ain't never seen him before. Yeah, fellas and gas masks all look the same anyway. Let's take a look, then. Sheridan Batcamer! So you do know him? Yeah, he's the son of the fellow what hired us. Hired you? Yeah, his dad hired us to walk around here and scare people. So we could sell the city some kind of intervention to get rid of the monster. And he would have gotten away with it too if it hadn't been for you meddling vigilantes. We hear that a lot. But why? He had no choice. 
I lost a lot of money investing in a company that supplied mail-order safaris. Oh, would- Don't, Shade. I just don't. One of the animals we imported was a koala. It was impossible to control. It raided the icebox, fired Father Shotgun, then ran off. What did I tell you? Eats, shoots, and leaves. Quiet, you. Then what? We couldn't find it anywhere. So Father came up with the idea of making the city think there was a giant mutant koala in the sewers. But why the weird sound? That's the sound a koala makes. See? My head hurts. But what about the silhouette we saw? Oh, that was just my old teddy bear, Mr. Fuzzykins, and them weird glowing peppers. All right, you three. It's time to send you up the river. Oh, good. Clean water. He means we're going to jail, Penny. I stand by my statement. Jail? You're taking me to jail? Locking me up behind bars with armed guards? Afraid so, Mr. Badcammer. Thank you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I'm confused. Vamp, why is he happy? Trust me. When my mother discovers we won't be making back the money I lost, jail will be the safest place for me. Act 4, Scene 2. Tanks for the memories. We can't stall the ending any longer. With the confession of Mick, Penny, and Sheridan, Henry Badkamer was arrested, and Prunella Badkamer was forced back into the life she led prior to meeting Henry. No! You can't send me back to the gutter. It's all right, Prunella, my sweet. It'll only be for five to ten years. And there's no shame in being employed by the Department of Public Works. No! Later, the Shade and the Vamp were congratulated by the Mayor and Police Chief Cannoli. I'm so happy to find out there are no giant animals in a sewer. It was all just a greedy rich man. Usually is. Now we can't paint all greedy rich men with the same broad brush. That's right. We should use different ones, or at least wash it off in between. Wait, why are we painting greedy rich men in the first place? Oh, that's not... Oh, never mind. Shade, a vamp, I got a one favor to ask. What's that, Chief? Could you not tell Punch and John about all of this? Seeing that a giant monster has made them cut back on their powdered sugar intake, which is saving the station a lot of money. That's money we can use to develop better training programs and invest in more up-to-date investigative techniques. Chief, that sounds... almost competent. Who? Me? No! I'm just talking through my face. Hat? Eh? It's talking through your hat, not talking through your face. That don't make no sense. My face is where my mouth is, so what else am I gonna talk through? Oh, look at the time! Gotta run! I want to thank the two of you for bringing us the news so quickly. See, thought you could have waited until you had a bath? It's too cold to keep the windows open all the time. Nevertheless, thanks to you, the citizens of this fine city can now, um... Conduct their business without fear. All in a day's work, Mr. Mayor. For you, maybe. 
that's the first time I've ever been down a manhole. And believe me, it'll be the last. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have several important calls to make. See, like to get the office fumigated. Later that day, Chicago Gazette Times Herald editor-in-chief Clarence Clemens was also pleased with the outcome. I am pleased with this outcome. Natch. It's always heartwarming when a rich and powerful man who tries to use his influence to swindle good and decent people for his own gain is brought to justice. <sighs> and you get a story to keep international news off the front page. Now you're talking! I don't know anybody could believe there were giant animals in the sewers. I mean, what do they think this is? New York? It does boggle the mind. Good work, you two. But don't think you're going to rest on your laurels. Laurels? We have laurels? Why wasn't I told about this? Wednesday, do you have laurels? Me? All I got is a fern on its last legs. You have a fern with legs? Enough! I'm presently in a good mood, but don't push your luck. Now get out there and get me another story that allows me to keep my head in the sand about the world outside our borders. That's an oddly specific request, Chief. Go! Well, Miss Morning, it seems you were right again. No giant monsters, just criminals. I know it's disappointing, Theo, but there was one good thing about it being plain old criminal activity. Oh, what? I will never have to crawl around in those sewers ever again! Never say never, Wednesday. Come along, Miss Morning, I'll buy you lunch. Oh, why, thank you most kindly, Mr. Rockwell. Only, <clears throat> no hot dogs, okay? <laughs> okay. As Theodore Rockwell and Wednesday morning cheerfully went about their day, deep below the pavement, in the radioactive glow of the sewer peppers, something stirred. This has been Throwing Shade, Blunder Down Under. Brought to you by Paraclesius Educational Playthings, makers of the Stubbins Firth Home Chemistry Set. It's a blast! Throwing Shade has also been brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater. Remember to like, follow, and subscribe to our podcast. Or leave a review. Created by Andrew Pond and Sarah Siegel. Written by... Andrew Pond with Zach Osterman. Directed by Andrew Pond. Starring the voice talents of Chloe Adamo, Jessica Lauren Fisher, Daniel Houle, Noel Kleiss, Zach Osterman, Andrew Pond, Rochelle Prue, and Monica Safflick. Our Foley artist was Lori Iyer. Our engineer was Daniel Houle. And I am your narrator, Noelle Kleiss. Special thanks to Tina Salamone! Tune in next week. Same shade time! <laughs>